with you, 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 always with you. Welcome to With You, a podcast meant to share the stories of women across the rugby community, to highlight our connections and our growth, and to delight in a good belly laugh whenever we can. I'm Suze, my pronouns are she, her, and I'll be your host. Hello and welcome back for another episode of With You, With You, With You, With You. It's episode 10. Isn't that exciting? 10. I'm in the double digits now. Boop, 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 boop. And this week is a treat for me. I, I'm i going to have to give this to all the UMBC alumni because I get to catch up with my dear friend from college, Leslie, who was name-dropped. And <laughs> yes, Maria and I chatted about her a bit in episode one all the way back then two months ago, the very first episode, or 10 weeks. That's more than two months, isn't it? But this is great. I really enjoyed talking, chatting. I really enjoyed chatting about and remembering the early 2000s, 2005. What a long time ago it was to be finding rugby and finding myself and Leslie's experience on the similar path is, it's a good one. There's a lot of love in this episode between us and I hope you can feel it and enjoy it as well. There's just a little technical hang-up in the middle of our conversation. So the flow breaks up for a second. But you'll be able to tell exactly where it is because I left in the, oh my gosh, we're back right here. And I apologize for that. It's just part of getting two people recording at the same time. And, uh, you know, the internet has its flaws, even though it's a wonderful resource. So hope it doesn't break up the episode too much or irritate you in any way but here's your PSA if you're enjoying the show please do me a favor well one of two or you can do them both that's fine too so first off I ask you share this podcast pick your favorite episode and send it to a friend we'll just grow our listener base like that or you can also leave me a review and or some stars on Apple Podcasts. Um, I would appreciate so much y'all doing that. Either thing. It'd be wonderful. And as is the huge, I still got some spots left to make this a solid 23. There aren't too many though, so don't snooze too long. Hop on over to the website. Sign up to participate. It's www that with you podcast.co and the homepage has a link to a participation form so it's pretty simple you can also find those details in the show notes yeah you know how to find the show notes right yeah i think you do without further ado i will let you enjoy this episode with me and leslie see you on the other side Hi. Hey. Hi, Leslie. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm stoked to have this conversation, too. Um, can you share your pronouns? 
Sure. Um, my name's Leslie. My pronouns are she, her. Thanks. And now you have to tell us the juice. How'd you find rugby? Well, um, I, I chose the college that I was going to go to based on who would give me the most money. And so <laughs> I ended up at UMBC, which was great. I figured I could be happy pretty much anywhere. Um, and, and I found a really great community. Um, I was part of a scholarship program there called the Sondheim Scholars Program. And uh, another person who was in that program with me was Christina. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Christina? Yeah. And we were hanging out uh, after class one time. And she said, you know, I'm thinking about going out to rugby practice. And I said, you know, really, like I had heard, I heard but I had heard that that was like touch, kind of like touch football. And she's like, oh, no, 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 it's full tackle. And I was like, all right, I'm going to be there. So, <laughs> so we ended up going together to, to practice, which at the time was being held in the, at night in the fields across from the middle school. Um, mm-hmm. which Down at the bottom of campus, right? Exactly, which eventually yeah. got taken away from us and given to varsity. But at the time, it was available for clubs. So that's where we went. Yeah, that was a fun little field just to like, you had to like wander a little bit off campus and like turn the corner in a neighborhood and it was like, bam, driving range. This is where we practice. Yeah, but but it was kind of cool at the time because that was one of the only fields that had lights on it. So we got to practice at night under the lights, which was pretty cool. Yeah, that's a resource that not everybody gets for sure. I've, I've uh, actually the one season that I coached UMBC, I used to throw like this it was a it was a light pole welded to a wheel like a truck wheel that would I would like put in the back of the pickup and drive over there and we had like one big flood spotlight um nice yeah because you, you're always practicing after this well not always but a, like a lot of season is when the sun goes down right oh yeah and you know making sure that everybody's out of class and you know evenings just tended to be the go-to mm-hmm a Tuesday, Thursday, 6.30 to 8.30 slot. It's uh, relatively universal. It seems it's all over the place, honestly. Yeah, I think I think when we first started, it was like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 7 to 9 or something. It was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, later. So what do you think when you got to practice? I was really intimidated. So I... Um, I played sports a little bit in, in middle school and high school. I played basketball in middle school. Then I stopped growing. And so I was like, oh, I'm too short for this. And yeah. so I, played, I played softball in high school. Um, mm-hmm. And actually, the reason I even went out for the team was because I was in gym class. Uh, mm-hmm. And we played baseball. And I was, I was hitting pretty hard. And so the instructor, who was also the women's baseball coach, asked me to come out. So I, I did softball in high school. Uh-huh. Um, but I was, I was pretty out of shape. So I was intimidated. Um, and I got there and at the time, Sandy and Ann were our coaches. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was just a group of really diverse women. Um, Mm -hmm. and one of the first things we did, well, first we did, you know, running and, and I was like, I don't think I'm going to make it. And, uh, (laughs) but then we went into tackling for the second half of practice. Cool. And that's when I got to start working with Candice. I I don't Uh know if you remember Candice, but um, I remember Candice for sure. (laughs) Yeah. But you Candace remember a, what she was like? She was Candace is a badass. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, big, yeah. strong, very fast, aggressive, really like she was one of those vets that I was like that I immediately was like, whoa, role model, intimidated, but also you're amazing. Like I want to be like you when I grow up, right? Oh yeah. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, she was she was just really uh, really a strong person, a strong personality, and she was really blunt. Mm-hmm. And so I remember I was doing pra- um, tackling practice. I was working with her, and she would of course just say like, "Hit me, hit me as hard as you can." Nope, that's not it. Try again. Nope, nope. You got to hit me harder than that. Try again. And so uh, so I started doing it, and and you know, she, like I said, she was very <laughs> honest about everything. And she's like, "We're <laughs> we're gonna work." we're going to work off these roles, you know? And, uh, so, um, and she would always talk about like, you know, as we got closer, you know, talk about her experience growing up and, you know, how she didn't eat healthy and she, you know, her parents didn't really enforce, you know, healthy eating and exercising and stuff. And she had to work really hard for that. And so I really related to that story because it was pretty much the same for me. You know, I didn't grow up eating healthy or even understanding, you know, nutrition and exercise and things like that. So, so yeah. it was good to have somebody to, to work with that on. Yeah, I really like that. I mean, I, you never, there's such inconsistency, like growing up in families, depending on, I mean, so many, so many different factors, but a lot of, I think a lot of young people, especially going into college, high schoolers too, don't have an idea of like, of nutrition or like how to, how to feed your body well. And sport, like rugby's definitely changed that for me. And I know a lot of people that I know. Um, Oh yeah, no, for for sure. I know a lot of people, you know, they talk about the freshman 15. uh I actually, I went into, uh, to college at about 205 pounds, five foot four. Mm -hmm. And I ended up losing 60 pounds my first season of rugby. (laughs) 60 pounds. Wow. Yep. That is so, wow. That is so much. It's so Cause not everybody does that. Like some people might lose weight. Some people might put on weight, but like that was a really transformative thing for you. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, it was, it was really powerful for me because, you know, I was finding muscles. I didn't know I had, I was learning that I could be a runner when I didn't know that I could, I, I really had just assumed that I couldn't. Yeah. I was, I was learning how to take care of my body and I was feeling, you know, just stronger and more like myself, which was yeah. great. Yeah, that's so cool. Like getting to know your physical body better helped you know like yourself as in total better. Yeah. Yeah, that's really wonderful. What position did you start out playing when you first had like got into a game? So when I first started playing, I got the position that nobody wanted, which was number four. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you didn't have anybody there? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We didn't have anybody there. And at the time, you know, I was I was pretty heavy. And we actually already had two props, um, Danielle and Lindsay, and yeah. we had our hooker, which was Audrey. Uh-huh. Um, and so we didn't have anybody to play second row. We didn't uh-huh. have any particularly tall um, or anybody with that skill set. So I was like, all right, I'll do it. Um, yeah. And I can drive hard, but I'll tell you, <laughs> as a second row, they usually match me up with someone who was a lot Tall. taller. Yeah. And so we ended up, uh, I had to like, you know get my position a little bit shorter than their position just to Mm -hmm. try to make sure we were driving at the same cadence. And Mm -hmm. um, it's tough when you have a mismatched second row. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. Just like, it's the same with the front row too. It's nice when like all your corners can line up. So your props can line up and your locks can line up. And like you at five, five, four is like, you're, that was a little lock, but I mean, I think college rugby was like that for us. It was like, Oh, we need this spot. Oh, you want to do it? Cool. Do it right yeah yeah, yeah. And, I, and I feel like and I felt like I had something to prove too um mm-hmm. and so you know I was definitely willing to take whatever spot was open and just work my hardest to, to just be good at it so you know yeah. I definitely was a driver yeah I love that 
I mean, I'm sure like that it, being a lock first off too also made you aware of your strengths um, because it's such a crucial position in the scrum um, mm-hmm. just to like put, support those props and then have people flankers hanging on you. But I, you know, I, when I started playing with you, you were a flanker already, I think. So did that, yeah. come, that came after your, your weight loss? Yeah, so that was sort of my my aspirational position because I was, you know, growing up, um, I was always too much, right? Too aggressive, too bossy, too whatever. Uh, And so my aspirational position when I first started was was number six. I wanted to be strong side flank. Uh I wanted to make those hard hits right off the scrum. Uh You know, I I really wanted that. So uh, so after the weight loss and getting more into shape Mm -hmm. and finding myself and finding other people who, who were better suited for second row. Yeah. Uh, then I got to move into the, the flanker position. Yeah. And that's really where I stayed. And I think, I think that's another thing too, is as you become, you know, um, an upperclassman, mm-hmm. you get more of a choice <laughs> yeah. of the position than, than you did when you were first coming yeah, in. That's yeah, that's definitely true. They, they take the rookies and they're like, mm, where can we use you? Like, where can I use you? Yep. What can I, like, what can I fit you to do? You get more agency as it goes along. But it's good. It's good because it gives you a good insight into the way rugby works, which is like everybody needs to be a little bit humbled all the time because sometimes you just have to do things that you may not think you would choose, but that are good for the team. Exactly. Exactly. It's really a bonding, uh, a bonding experience. And I think, you know, at least with the people that we played Mm -hmm. with, everybody was always willing to pick up whatever position they had to, to make sure that the team would be successful. Yeah, that's 100% true. I know, I know like, so it would have been your junior year, my sophomore year when Maria and I became props. It was because I think Dan, Danielle and Lindsay graduated. Um, and then we had no front row suddenly. And it was like, oh, well, you know, Maria and I both are, well, we're the same height, about the same weight. We were sized well for the positions and we just had already had scrum experience too. And it was like, all right, well, we'll do it. Yeah. I remember, I remember you guys propping and also Aaron. I remember Aaron being, oh, uh, yeah. Bring, bring said. Yeah. yeah. I remember that too. And Aaron's so small, but so strong, like mm-hmm. so strong. I've played with a few, a few other women that have like her same size and like body type that have been up in the front row too. And you're like, I don't know, but then they rock it. They totally rock it. So, yeah. Well, she and she came from an interesting background because she had those strong thighs from uh, horseback riding. Mm. Yeah. So me too. You know, I had horse. I had. I was a horseback rider too growing up. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Actually, but yeah, that definitely develops a certain muscular skill, like a certain strength that I think translates well. Yeah, for sure. But I, you know, I always thought. I think I remember in college being so shocked to hear about those that first year of rugby, the first season of rugby where you lost so much weight because you, I always knew you as this like assertive, strong, like nasty flanker that went after everybody. So even to me now, I like, I could, I almost can't imagine you that way. And yeah, go ahead. It was was definitely a a period of self-discovery because also coming into college, I came in with a boyfriend from high school Uh um, and, you know, that was a pretty unhealthy relationship. Uh And, you know, in in that first season, I really 
I found myself. I found my crew with rugby. Yeah. I found things that I enjoyed doing. I started taking care of myself more. Mm -hmm. And so part of taking my care of myself more was not just physically, but also mentally. And so, um, so I ended up ending that relationship and, um, and just trying to really work on myself. And I think that, um, that, that was a big part of who I became later, but, uh, yeah, but yeah, that's when we knew each other. Yeah. The gal that I met had been like through that bit of discovery yeah. freshman year. That's so cool. I mean, we're all dynamic and it's so valuable to know what your friends were like before, I think. So part of, you mentioned this before. So part of coming onto the rugby team was you learning to have, or you becoming friends with women also, right? Yes. Yeah. What was it yeah, like before? That was really something that I had, I had struggled with, um, especially I think in, in high school because, um, I was always super involved in a lot of different activities uh-huh. uh, and I had a, a few close friends, um, but for the most part, a lot of my friends were guys. Uh-huh. Um, and I think because I did have somewhat of a competitive spirit, I didn't have, you know, even though I was pretty assertive and I took on like leadership roles, uh-huh. I still didn't have a ton of self-esteem. Um, and I just didn't have a great, uh, a great way of connecting with other women. So I just didn't. And, um, and I think, you know, as I came into college, as I started finding myself more, as I started, you know, working more with the, the rugby girls, uh-huh. then it was like, I want all of these women to be my friends. I want to empower other women to like find themselves too mm-hmm. and to be strong and to do what they want to do. And it sort of became my goal. And I started looking at women so much differently is like less competition and more of like, oh man, look at her shoulders. You know, <laughs> I bet she would be a great lifter. Uh-huh. Look at this person. She's so fast, man. She would be excellent uh, as our fullback. You sure. know, it's just you start really evaluating women for their strengths uh-huh. more, uh-huh. Um, and that was a big, a big part of my uh, my growth in college. <laughs> yeah, like finding value. Well, it's like finding value in yourself. And I wonder, and I'm just speculating, but I think this happened for me as as well. Like the more value I started to find in myself, the more I could also see it in people around me, because I was. I like had loved myself. I had found a place that I belonged and it, it allowed me to come to a, come from a place that I could also value people around me, like specifically women. It's kind of different than like what can be normal or what can be considered normal for, for women in, in society. Yeah. I think that there's a lot, um, a lot of societal pressure to be competitive and to, to try to outdo one another and to be catty and to be, you know, sure. and I'm not saying that there wasn't an element of that. Of course there was sure. and it's college and a bunch of women, but, but it's so much greater. Uh, it's, it's, it's greater than yourself and greater than, um, than any one person when yeah. you start to work together as a team, yeah. realize each other's strengths and appreciate each other for what you're bringing to the table. Yeah. Yeah, rugby culture was like it's just wonderful for that too. I mean, even outside of your own team, um, like having socials with the other team and and being like genuinely interested in them as people yeah. and and like also impressed by them for things that they did on the rugby field and and yeah, just coming from that that place is is huge. Okay, we're back. You can hear me. Yes. All right. Great. Let's jump right back into it. Okay beside these technical issues um oh I, I was just asking you like besides when you played lock in your first game but what was it like my first game oh what was your first uh, game like yeah yeah definitely um you know 
have a ton of memories about everything that happened because I was so focused on uh, breathing (laughs) 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 because I I was very out of shape, but I was, I was doing my best, you know, and um, it was a lot, you know, I remember there being, well, it may not have been an abnormal amount, but it sure felt like way too many penalties and Oh, and yeah. scrums and having to, you know, drag my butt across the field to, to do a scrum or a line out or, a, you know. Um, yeah. But I think uh, at the time I didn't get into so many rucks. I got into a few malls, but not so many rucks because I was too slow to get there. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> you found your place in the wrong place, wrong time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do remember us like literally walking across the field to line outs in some of those first years like I don't know if we were tired or if we just didn't have any discipline but we're just like being like another one or same to scrums and sometimes the sir would be like come on be like fine I guess I'll do that (laughs) I know I know you're like back come on right like how many knock-ons can we have in one game we probably should have kept count back then it was a lot a lot. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so good. Well, what, what do you think? What do you think was like the big, like, the, like, I mean, the community? Definitely the community. And I would say um, the mentors and the friendship. So uh, for me, uh, I actually became pretty close with Gina. Uh-huh. You know, everybody knows Gina. <laughs> everybody knows Gina Beard. Yes. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we would, we'd ride together in her car and we'd talk and, um, and she'd give me like some, some tips. So, uh, one of the things that she got me into outside of rugby was water polo. So they had a water polo class. Um, I took it. Yes. I, she was like, yeah, nobody signs up for it. You got to, you should try taking it. It's early in the morning in the pool. Nobody wants to get up that early. So I ended Mm -hmm. up taking it every semester after that. (laughs) Wow. I know. I know. And, uh, and it was great. It was, it was great exercise. Um, and then I also started playing ultimate with her in the afternoon. So it was like, I got a morning work. Then I got you know, my afternoon workout playing ultimate and it just made me, you know, a more in shape and better player for rugby. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that was really great. And then getting to know the other players like Nadia and savvy and you uh-huh. and Maria and Aaron yeah. and Christina and just really, you know, it, the friendships, I would say, um, yeah. and, and just the feeling that you get after a game, like that mm-hmm. kept me coming back. Yeah. You get that rush, right? Oh, yeah. Like, oh my God, we did that. It was so much fun. And like just, now every let's... game, even when you lost, just felt like this huge accomplishment, right? Like you yeah. pushed your body to its limits. You had a great time. You worked as hard as you could. And it just felt really great. Yeah, that's so true. It definitely felt like an accomplishment. I mean, yeah, it always has. Like, you did it. It's 80 minutes can take a fucking forever, you know? And there's sometimes when they go by real fast also. It just depends on the game. But it is always intense. It is mm-hmm. always a matter of, like, being like, oh, my gosh, my lungs are – my heart is going to pop out of my chest. Or, like, my lungs cannot take it anymore. And it's adrenaline or whatever, a variety of different things, I'm sure, that you get when you – when you get motivated to to be better and it's not a conscious thing you're just like oh my gosh hit that oh my gosh tackle that person and it goes by it's almost like automatic yeah it's 
and it was I always remember, you know, after the game, we'd be sm- smelly and sweaty and it was just like nobody cared. You go to the social uh, yep. and, mm-hmm. and it didn't you didn't have to be this made up, beautiful woman. You got to be this strong, powerful woman who just went through 80 minutes of war, you know, and it was right. Like, yeah, you felt like a warrior. It was it was great. Yeah. Yeah. So empowering that way. So, so empowering that way. Oh, I love that. Um, well, let's see. There was this whole other side of being on the collegiate rugby team too at UMBC was, was administration. Mm-hmm. And I know you got like pulled in or yeah, prompted. I say you got prompted to step into a leadership role really early on. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, this tends to happen to me in pretty much everything I do where <laughs> like, you know, you can do the paperwork really well, probably. Uh, <laughs> and so, um, we were, we were having elections, which we did at the end of every year. And, um, and I was going to run for treasurer because I manage money. That's actually what I do for a living. So it was very mm-hmm. natural to me. And then, um, our, the day of the election, actually, it was we were getting together and having dinner and doing the election. A couple of the upperclassmen approached me and they were like, we really want you to run for president. And it's like, I've only been here a year. Like, I, I don't think I'm qualified, you know. And they're like, no, 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 we really want you to do it. We think you'd be, you'd be really great at it. So mm-hmm. I ended up running for president instead and I got elected. Uh-huh. And that was very interesting, you know, learning learning what that entailed. But one of the first items of business was that we were going to seek out a new coach because um, at the time our coach who was a wonderful person um, was dealing with some personal stuff and couldn't make it to practices. And so um, the first order of business was to try to find another coach. And that was, that was really challenging, you know, being new to rugby, um, just becoming president and then dealing with uh, the removal of one coach and then the hiring on of another coach and all the interim between that. It was, uh, it was a lot. Yeah, definitely a lot. And you, you didn't, it's not like you had some experience of like how these things worked. You hadn't been on like a executive board for a, a team like that before. And it can be really jarring. I mean, it also is just, it's uncharted territory. You know, it like ended up on eboards pretty, uh, the eboard in college early on too. And I don't know, you like you're whoever you take the position over from can only tell you so much. They can be like, okay, make sure the bank account doesn't bounce and make sure you pay the refs. But there's so much on, there's so much else involved in running the organization. Um, that's like sink or swim. Exactly. And, and, you know, I had a really great team that worked with me. I think we had like a vice president. We had somebody in charge of SIP. Um, we had a secretary. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we had a lot of people, but we were all pretty new and, and all still learning all of this. And, and the, you know, the university doesn't provide you with any guidance because you're a club sport. And so that's all sure. you figure out on your own. And so it was practice schedules, scheduling and paying coaches, refs, um, trying to game schedules. With, yeah, trying to come up with drills when the coach wasn't available. Working with the team captains to do that, organizing yeah. fundraisers, recruiting, sipping, ordering new uniforms. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a lot, <laughs> a lot. Yeah, a lot. And then on top of like all those regular things, they're like, oh, by the way, we need to find a new coach. Exactly. Well, I, you know, we were we were in college at the same time. We we had like 
different coaches all the time, it seems like. Yeah. I mean, well, after yeah. after we hired on Lance, so so after Sandy, um, after it was Sandy, then it was Lance, um, and we had him uh-huh. for a little while. Um, then I think he ended up leaving uh, the semester after, maybe my last semester, he ended up leaving and going to coach Navy women's, which, you know, was, yeah. it was a great and- opportunity for him. It was D1, but it was, we found out so late in this season or right before our season was supposed to start that it was, we, we couldn't replace him. Yeah, that was, I mean, that, that, la- that season, that's your last semester. That was when like Sav and I, Savannah and I were coaches and, or were <laughs> captains and also coaches Mm -hmm. to be fair we didn't have like the expectations of like oh we've won all these things so we had there was like there's some beauty in being able to run it all yourself and see it all yourself and kind of just be in the shit together really as a team without like a coach proper but you don't you I mean I had been playing rugby for like two years what did I have to teach everybody yeah it's it's a much higher sense of responsibility and you're having to go and watch videos and gain skills on your own that you can bring back to the sure. table. Yeah. And, you know, I, and there are certainly clinics and, you know, I think after my first year of rugby, I ended up going to rugby camp over a summer mm-hmm. at East Strasburg. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, there's definitely skills to be gained there, but yeah, it's the day to day having to come up with drills that are going to strengthen the team and working together sure. that, that is the biggest pressure on somebody and you're like you know 20 years old like (laughs) yeah it's a lot for sure and being behind the scenes and running all that stuff with president like is also it's a huge responsibility it's a huge responsibility because you end up being I think the resource for a lot of other people on the team and it's like okay I, I, I do like being the resource but how do I do it? Okay. I'm going to figure it out. You know, like, I'm just going to figure it out. Let's be logical and let's see what kind of things we can, we can come up with here. What else, what else do you think, what else happened like in your president, presidentship, presidency? There we go. Anything else stand out for you in that time? That was like, that was uh, like a learning process. Well, I think there is this level of pressure and responsibility um, when you have a small club team and you're trying to recruit and get more people to come out and, and, and get people to stay um, mm-hmm. that you feel like if you don't do your job well, the, the mm-hmm. team is going to collapse. And for us, you know, there have been a women's rugby football club team at, at, um, at UMBC since 1984. So we have this legacy and it's like, is it going to die with me? <laughs> like if I make one small yeah. move, is this entire club going to fold? And uh, yeah, that, that was tough. And, you know, in the, the times when we didn't have enough to feel the side, you know, yeah. that was tough. Those were the lean years. Um, <laughs> yeah, the lean year. I mean, that was probably really difficult for you too, because like your first year playing, and I think even into the last semester or the next year, maybe your sophomore year too, my freshman year, like we had a good team mm-hmm. and we had, when we had numbers too, um <clears throat> yeah I think, but there's something I think it ended up being my my junior year maybe maybe the end of my junior year so you know we had um Candace had left and with her April left Gina was gone Morgan was gone yeah, Gina. We had, you know Danielle and Lindsay and Audrey and yeah they all got gra- all these people we had all these seniors graduate yeah they graduated and it, it really left a big hole that we had to fill with new players and and it's tough when you have that level of skill all graduate at the same time. Yeah. 
we went from being um, a team that would make playoffs. And like, <laughs> I, I asked you, remember when we, it was my first, my first season playing. So fall of 2006. Yes. Fall of 2006. We made it like through playoffs and we were trying to get to the next round and we, we, we were so, we were tied up at the end of the, the time and they did give us like a little overtime bit for somebody to score and we were just still tied up and they put us all the way to a kicking contest <laughs> to figure out who would go to the end which was like oh come on guy like this is how you guys want to write the tournament we we don't have a kicker I know we're supposed to do with this <laughs> um, but we were but we were good like we had fast strong backs we had a great like scrum half fly half combo we had a good scrum too like I remember being in like powerful sh- scrums mm-hmm behind like Danielle, Lindsay and Audrey, like locking behind them being like wrecking people's scrums, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then after that class graduated, I was, we were looking around at each other like, Oh, but, but we're, we're kind of the rookies still. I know. Like mm-hmm. got to grow up quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm the president. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I was like the match secretary then. But that job was simple. It was just like emailing people to make sure that they could go on a certain day and adjusting for it. It, it was very important, of course, because like you got to get your you got to get all your league matches scheduled up and try to figure out when you're going to do, you know, when we were going to do our prom dress game. Yeah. Which was always so, so much fun. I loved that. Yeah. The, the social games yeah. were a lot of fun. But the other the other side of that coin is that we had to work a lot with the men's team. Um, because they had so many more players, they were they had so many more resources than we did, and so yeah. they really got to call the shots with regard to when we could have access to the field. Um, you know who, you know when we could host our games and at what times, so that it didn't interfere with their games. Um, you know, when yeah. we could use the equipment, like the scrum machine and the rucking pads and things, we we didn't have ownership of a lot of it, which was tough. Sure. Yeah, I mean, and also a little, a little unfair because it's not like we we had played for this we were paying for the scrum machine you know mm-hmm. um and like we were part of that yep in a financial way but we didn't get the kind of we didn't necessarily get the support back from them yeah um, and, and i don't you know i i think some people felt really slighted like if there's some some level of um, disrespect to women's sports, uh, but I, I don't know if it was necessarily mm-hmm. that so much as they just weren't really thinking of us at all, um, and they just weren't considerate. Yeah, and 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 I don't think it was really like their fault. You know, the the men's team. I love the men's team. I love a lot of the guys that were on the team. I married one of them. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you know, they they brought a lot to the table, but but I do think that they were able to to get more resources and didn't realize, you know, the the effect that it was having on us. Yeah. I mean, that's the, I think that's just the world we live in, especially like specifically and especially with women's sports. So yeah, but what's okay. We're out here talking about it and things change. They just change slowly. I think as long as we push for them. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But I know that was, yeah, we would always do our 11 AM games because the men will play at one. And part of that, part of that was like so much of that was great too, because then we could hang out on the side of the field and watch the men play and, and, (laughs) like the other team would stay and we would have a big social and they would have fans and we could just like enjoy it is watching rugby and drinking beers on the sideline was 
so much of my college rugby experience as well. Oh, definitely, definitely. And I think it helped the men out too because it definitely gave them a larger audience when we were sitting on the side of the field cheering them on. And, and you know, and it was kind of fun yeah. to like coach their girlfriends through what was going on on the field. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, I'm so knowledgeable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. That was oh, good times. You're the first you're the first person I mean, a few of us have retired in the last few years of people that I've interviewed so far, but it's been a while for you. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been about ten years for me. Um and and it was tough because rugby was such a huge part of my life. And, you know, even after um I left college I, I played on women's club team in, on Nova um, in Northern Virginia when I moved mm-hmm. down there for my work um, for a little while. Mm-hmm. And I ended up leaving the team uh, and I was on their B side. I wasn't, you know, Nova's a very competitive women's women's team. And uh, I certainly, yeah. you know, wasn't, uh, wasn't Eagle material, which a lot of them are, are definitely Eagle material. Um, so I was on the B side, yeah. but I, I came out, I had a great time. Um, you know, I went to tournaments and it was still a very big part of my life. And then in 2011, um, we, my brother was graduating. My, my baby brother was graduating from high school and, uh, I was going to take him to a festival and we ended up going to get groceries cause we were going to camp out at this festival. It was an outdoor festival. And, um, mm-hmm. and he had a seizure, uh, at the grocery store. And we, we called an ambulance and they did some testing and uh, we ended up, he ended up being flown to Georgetown in DC um, and we found out that he had mm. end stage renal disease. Um, and this was just two gosh. days after his 18th birthday. Oh my so gosh. So it was really tough. Um, so I, I basically yeah. let the team know that I, you know, was dealing with a family thing and I needed to step away. Um, yeah. And then uh, it was a very quick process over three months. Uh, which they said was the fastest uh, timeline they'd ever seen at University of Maryland Medical Center. We ended up matching as a perfect match, my brother and I, and I donated my kidney to him. Mm-hmm. So this was, let's see, May is when we found out that he had end-stage renal disease, and August was our surgery. So <laughs> that is super, super fast. It's usually like people end up on the transplant list for yeah. years. Yeah. So it was. Yeah. You know, it was it was definitely. Um, a big commitment, a big experience. And it was basically told to me, you know, once this happens, you know, your remaining kidney is going to swell. It's going to be vulnerable. So you can't really participate in uh, contact sports. Um, And I I do know that there are people in professional sports, even I think there was a football player who only had one kidney from birth um, who participated. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but for the most part, they sort of warn you, you know, this is really, this is going to impact your life. And, And it did. I mean, I, I had to give up rugby after that because, um, yeah. uh, you know, definitely wanted to wanted to stay alive and <laughs> maintain my remaining kidney. But uh, of course, of course. But I mean, and at, the, and at the same time, it's like, OK, I can I can like save my brother's life. So there's there's no question about that. Exactly. All. And you, you know, I love rugby. It's a huge part of my life, but my family comes first. And so that's that's yeah. what we did. And, and he's still, you know. He's doing great now. He's got a job. Yeah. He's got a fiance. He's buying a house. So, <clears> yeah. 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 Big sister saving lives. I mean, I'm so happy that you guys were a perfect match, that it, it was able to resolve in that way in such a quick way because it's, 
kidney failure is it's fatal you know it's and it's it's a really hard process to try to get a transplant otherwise if you can't find someone who who you're related to or who's willing to donate to you so it's a really beautiful thing that you were able to do and a huge life-changing moment so how did you how did you reconcile with like the community and the, the friendships and like the life that you had built that involved rugby yeah you I still attend games and I go to cheer on my friends and I, you know, I, I try to be supportive. I watch rugby on TV. I have some, some um, rugby groups on Facebook that I'm part of. I still try to yeah. maintain that. Um, uh-huh. But it's just, it's hard for me, like going to the alumni games and standing on the side of the field and not jumping in and playing. <laughs> of course. That piece of me is still, is still there. Um yeah. But I, I did tell my brother, I said, you know, this kidney's already been through college once. <laughs> you gotta. <laughs> <laughs> you better take care of it. <laughs> take it easy on the old girl, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? <laughs> what about your, your fitness? How has your, like, fit life changed? Because I know when we, when we start especially like with you, me too. I really, I had been active, but I didn't have any proper training. But when I started playing rugby, it was like, okay, well, the things that I'm doing to maintain my physical fitness and become fitter are like specific for rugby. So how has that part of your life changed? Oh yeah. So, um, so I definitely have had like pretty large weight fluctuations, um, and trying to Mm -hmm. find like a good rhythm for myself. So, isn't that just like your 20s, though? I, I feel like women in their 20s, it's just, you, you got to figure out what your body wants and needs and your weight just like fluctuates until you figure it out, I think. Exactly, exactly. Well, and, you know, and even when I was in college, I mean, I ate like a horse because I was doing so many physical activities. And now it's like, now yeah. it's like you got to really, you know, be careful of what you're eating because you're not getting as much exercise in. And so, you know, for being a parent also, you know, we try to, take our kids on hikes and we go on long walks and we ride our bikes around the neighborhood. And yeah. That's still, it's not going to burn as many calories as a rugby game. So. Oh, nothing. Well, <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's been quite a bit of adjustment. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be equivalent, but have you been able to find like the kind of joy and like motivation that you found in wanting to be fit with rugby outside of it? I think so. Um, I think it's it's taken a different form uh, in, in more of, you know, that parenthood form where I want my kids to to be healthy and to, to choose themselves. And so, you know, my, yes. my seven-year-old right now, we have her in Taekwondo. So it's, you know, going through practices with her and having her do her belt tests. And, you know, it's uh, it's been pretty fun, you know, sort of seeing this drive in my kids to want to be better and stronger and, and, you know, seeing that aggression <laughs> and trying to like yeah. funnel it into, uh, into activities that are, that are helpful to them. Um, so, so I think mm-hmm. that that's sort of where it's gone. That's all. I mean, that's awesome. I'm sure they got plenty of aggression. Like, I mean, they're the kids, they're the daughters of two rugby players, you know, not just mm-hmm. one and yeah, both with strong personalities as well. But I mean, that's, a, that's really beautiful note like that's a really beautiful sentiment that you can start to see that kind of growth and like fostered in your kids and it it gives back to Mm -hmm. you always a mom (laughs) 
You are. You were a mom in college taking care of us. Like I told you the other day, I thought you were like a year older than you are because I was like, uh, by the time I got to the rugby team, I was oh, Leslie knows what's going on. Like she's going to bring us, bring us all together. And I, I love that you learned that, you know, the year before we had met, just like coming to the rugby team and about women supporting each other because you were that. I mean, I really looked up to you a lot. You were definitely that person for me times in college like just come hang out like just be around us and and you were a boss like you were a boss just owning the team running it by yourself and like now you're just doing it again with some tiny humans <laughs> well thank you Dana. no I <laughs> I mean just I think also the not just the team dynamic but just the friendship dynamic that we had and how close we became mm-hmm. you know we really balanced each mm-hmm. other out I mean you know I I think that you were definitely the the free spirit and uh I really appreciated that about you because you were aggressive on the field, but off the field, you were like, let's go on a bike ride and lay in the flowers and, <laughs> and explore ourselves. And it's like, you know, you, you really, I think you really helped to bring that team together, but also to bring us together as friends. And, uh, you know, I appreciated you. Aww. Thank you. Well, you know, it takes, I think it takes a lot of us to just be open and vulnerable like that with each other to like make them the best the best communities yeah. so. a lot of trust yeah oh <laughs> yeah a lot of trust and a lot of curiosity yeah. mm-hmm. that's beautiful oh thank you so much for doing this with yeah, me. yeah no it was great thanks for inviting me I had a great time <laughs> yeah it's, it's been so much it's been so much fun I'm just like you know smiling ear to ear now awesome <sighs> well hopefully we'll get to see yeah. each other sometime after this pandemic yeah, I'm gonna put this out there. I'm trying to put together like um, an old girls with you team, and obviously, like you're not gonna play, but you should come hang out. I'm saying Savannah 2022. Oh, for sure, I love Savannah. Yeah, let's do it. You're on the ro- while well, you're on the roster. You can be. You can uh, peel our oranges. <laughs> Water, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Aw, I love you, Leslie. Thank you for doing. Love this you with too, me. Susanna. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of With You, a women's rugby podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Any feedback is much appreciated. You can find my email in the show notes. Other than that, I love you all so much, especially for being here, but my love is unconditional. Until next week, take care of yourselves. Bye. Click subscribe to get new episode notifications the day they drop and never miss a show. Email me if you want to share your stories at suze at withyoupodcasts.co. That's S-U-S at withyoupodcasts.co. My love to you all and thanks for stopping by.